Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Love's got you down. Love's done you wrong. And it seems like love's the only subject on the radio each time you turn it on. Let's switch up the stations. Let's switch up the tracks to a song that won't make you cry. You as if you can enjoy and relate. Let this be your heartbreak song. I screw you to those that done you wrong. Crank it up, roll your windows down. Stomp your feet to the sound. Grab a beer and then raise your glass. Those that done you wrong can kiss your ass. While you're singing it to someone, you know for well it's probably true. The love of your life ran off with some guy named Richard If Mrs. Wright left you high, dry, blue Want to know there's a song for you Let this be your heartbreak song I screw you to those that done you wrong Crank it up, roll your windows down Stomp your feet to the sound Grab a beer and then raise your glass Those that done you wrong can kiss your ass episode of the 9420 podcast that was heartbreak song by sarah martin hi carl and greg how are you guys doing hello
Happy exactly. birthday, Nicole. Happy Thank birthday, you. Nicole. Thank you. She Ringing turns- in 35 in the most fun way possible. Well, like- don't rub that in. 35. Yeah. 35. I think my couch is 35. I got underwear, that old. Uh, but you all don't have hand, foot, and mouth disease, so you can be thankful for that. Yeah, we're going to cut that out, too. I don't even know what that is. It's a childhood virus that I got from my daughter. Ah. I think, I, I, like I was telling you before, I think I might have caught that. Like back when, like when I was eighteen, and, and it's been it's been chronic my whole life. I think I've had my foot in my mouth since basically <laughs> eighteen. Woof, and you've had your hoof in your mouth. So, so Sarah Martin, where would we find Sarah? So uh, we actually found Sarah through Instagram. Maud, who is helping us grow the ninety four twenty podcast, Instagram found her and sent her over to us. Um, and she's got a really really robust fan base. Like she's got like. 12,000 followers on Instagram and 6,000 on Facebook. And even though she's from Nashville, she's originally from well, the- You know, her stuff sounds really country. It is very country. Her voice is, is like really authentic country. And it's, it amazes me because she comes from Massachusetts. Yes. Well, that's that's probably the connection associated with uh, Maud because <laughs> Maud's from New England. So she probably, they did some kind of- Anti-Yankee Red Sox uh, handshake or something end around, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was her song, "Heartbreak Song," that she came out with, I believe, in 2019. So her latest single that she just released those days, we're going to play later on in the show. Um, yeah, that it's got a fun, it's a fun song, yeah. All starting to make sense. Now. So what do you? Uh, so what do we have a topic this week, or are we going to wing it as always? Well, I well, thought. I, uh, oh, oh you go ahead, Greg. Well, I, I just I mentioned earlier. I I thought it would, might be interesting to talk about whether or not we listen to music seasonally. But you didn't like that idea, so well, ask the question. Ask me the question. <laughs> so, Carl, do you have albums that you get out at certain times of the year, or do you listen seasonally to certain albums? No. Okay. <laughs> now we'll move on. Well, no, okay. So That's funny. When, That's funny. When you sent that question, Greg, it, it actually did get me thinking, like, do I? And it's not that, like, I pull certain albums out or, like, listen to certain songs, but seasons definitely play an impact on, like, what I expect to be hearing from artists when they're either releasing new music or I'm, or I'm looking for music to listen to by artists I haven't found yet. Yeah. So that's where... I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, it's the summertime. I'm going to listen to like upbeat music or right now, I guess the big thing is Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You is getting some airplay with like Paramore's Business of Misery or whatever it's called. Mm. So like those things, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It's summertime. Like it this should be Don like that. Well, I, I don't listen to anything that's, that was made this in the last is Don 15 Kirshner years. So. Junior, Junior. <laughs> And what I do Bringing is, you summer fun. Don Kirsten Jr. Jr. <laughs> Every winter I listen to my David Bowie and my Pink Floyd. And then as soon as the spring comes in, I get up my Jethro Tull and my Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I do find, I think I've talked about it before, but I do find that I, in January and February, you know, pre-spring, I need to cleanse the palate from all the Christmas music. Yeah, I don't think you all listen to a lot of Christmas music. I, oh, no. I listen Chris- to a ton of it. Uh, Christmas starts in our house literally like midnight on like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And the Christmas right. music doesn't stop until like January 6th. That's the way it is <laughs> at my house, too. And I, But I do find that I need uh, something to cleanse the palate. And I found that in 1975, I for Christmas... Uh, I got a copy of Kiss 
Alive, the very first Kiss double oh. album live uh, record. It's an iconic record, and I got that for Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's a great record, Carl. It's a great record. Come on, man. We said this wasn't going to be a commentary show. The oh, yeah. fact of the matter is, I think it's an iconic record, but it has become ingrained in my my ritual of kind of coming out from uh, out from under all the Christmas music because it is uh, kind of a, a rock affair. So every January, I listen to that record probably three or four times, and it was cool to pour over a double album with you know that that kind of um, and to me, presence, you I know, find so. pretty odd. It's very very interesting that their biggest song and probably best is that song Beth the ballad you know yeah that, it's that, a ballad that, right you know, that the drummer yeah. wrote it was written by peter chris and bob ezrin oh bob ezrin was the producer the producer who produced yeah. who produced pink floyd this is done <laughs> i tended to listen to rock music in january and february and then when it got into the summer months i would listen to things like i'd listen to reggae i'd listen to ska i'd listen I, I used to, to I, you really had like a a pointed way of doing that like who cares this is greg though i like- think it's i think it's rhythms you know i think it's well, rhythms it's too, of- it's too hot i gotta put away my metal that's a that, that's it was like winter clothing it's like no oh, no it's, it's just that uh, well i'll give you an example i think i might have even touched on this before but it's june it, take out the beach boys <laughs> well i mean I, I just always have equated my first time hearing things to you know, that particular season for year after year after year. Oh, in 1969, I was in Daytona in your, Beach. In your head. In 1969, <laughs> I was in Daytona Beach, Florida with my father. You were and never in Florida. We, we, we come off of the beach after a glorious day You've at the beach. You've never been to the beach. And he walks into this dank little bar underneath, you know, kind of a walk-down bar right your, on the don't beach. Don't blame your father. He puts a quarter in the jukebox. And out of this jukebox comes the magical strains of crystal blue persuasion, Tommy James. Forever since, when I hear crystal blue persuasion, I smell salty sea air and the dank smell of that little beer bar, stale beer. And well, that's uh, different. That's it different. just feels like summer to me. That well, song feels that's like That's different summer. because there's a sense memory to it. Well, and I think, too, also there's another like sub question in all of this that we're asking too, like, is it also driven by like what during the seasons artists are actually putting out? Cause there have been conversations, Carl, that you and I have had about artists not understanding when to release certain songs. Right. So like that also could play into it as well. There was this artist we were dealing with a few years back and it was like the end of November and he releases this single to kill a beach weekend or something like that. I'm going, yeah. this is the wrong season for this tune, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> you know, like, you know I, I think you should wait, you know, but I, I think he got annoyed with me and we, we didn't deal with him anymore because he thought I was, hey, what do you know? I go, all right, man. But, um, and you know what's funny too? I, this is the thing about music that's so weird. I don't know if this happened to you, but there are artists I never really loved when, when they first came out. And then I just stumbled on them like decades later. And now I really dig them. You know what that happens to me right now? For some reason, I've been stumbling upon a couple of Bob Seger records. And I dig Bob Seger now. And I never really thought he was, you know, I thought he was just, you know. But he's kind of great, don't you think? Yeah, I I really liked him. And I think he's the most solid commercial songwriter, too. Yeah, but and his voice and his records and like there. And, uh, but yeah, but I never like, for some reason, he just dawned on me now. You know, he's from the 80s, right? 
He's got a uh, yeah. He's got seventies, uh, seventies and eighties. He he's got. There's a song on. I'm trying to think if it's on. I don't know which album it's on, but it's called Sunspot Baby. Man, it's such a rocking track. Really cool. But you know, I right. never got in the same kind of genre. Not really, but in the same time frame. I never got Steve Miller. I never, yeah. I never got like Abracadabra and like Jet Airliner. I always thought they were such simple. I, I never got how they were such big hits. Did, did you? Well, I like an Eagle is a um, kind of an iconic seventies yeah, track. Cool, right? Yeah, but like, but other than that, I never got because he had almost almost as big a career. When you say, yeah, he had a lot of radio success, and right. he had, and then before that, there was kind of like this alter the Joker. Those albums are kind of alternative in their in their approach. Yeah, I love the Joker. Um, Joker's my favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, want to do another song by uh, Sarah? Yeah, you want to do uh, Muddy Boots? Muddy Boots. Here we go. Well, she's not afraid to get dirty with the boys Raise some hell and raise some noise Yeah, she's happy as a clam trucking through the brush and the sticks And she can get rowdy when alcohol's in the mix She's an innocent angel that seems to have lost her wings Ready to run, doesn't care about money or things This girl's got money She's sweet right down the hoops Mama and daddy raised her right She's pretty witty and knows how to fight Yeah, she's got muddy boots Drinks PBR and knows how to shoot She can dress like a lady when she goes out at night She can't hide Her muddy boots down and leave them all alone She's a gypsy lady with dreams bigger than her eyes There's no better place than a field of fireflies She's trying to be the girl everyone wanted her to be But then she got a taste of what it was like to be free Now she's got money boots She's sweet right down to her roots Mama and Danny Tackle the world on, on. And she'll have money books 
good tune. It's kind of yeah, she's kind of she's kind of fun, you know. I, I, again, I don't hear Massachusetts. No, you don't hear. You does. really don't hear it at all, and that's I think the fun part about her. Like she's totally, especially when you um, when she goes back to Massachusetts and does her like Facebook lives and Instagram lives. You can definitely tell she's from there, but singing wise, you would never guess. Well, I, don't know. I, I saw the video she has for this song. I think where she's in the trucks and she's hanging around, and she looks like she's. She's from the South. It's kind of cool. But we asked her a couple of questions, didn't we? We did. We asked her We asked her four questions and she answered them. So I think the first one we asked for her to tell us a little bit about herself. So we'll see what she said. Hey, my name is Sarah Martin. I am a Nashville recording artist. I'm originally from Lakeville, Massachusetts. I've been in Nashville since 2015 releasing music. And I love to put out music with meaningful lyrics. I am a big believer in um, self-growth and that self-love and self-acceptance is basically a foundation of a happy life. And I try and promote those things in my daily life on my social media and in my music. There you go. Positive. Yeah. She has a really good head on her shoulders, especially like knowing that she's only been down here since 2015. So, I mean, in terms of Nashville time, she's still got a couple more years until like they actually accept well, her. Right, Greg? Is it is, yep. is it is it a five year town or is it now a ten year town? I thought it was well, a fifteen year town. There's a there's a great song called Five Year Town. I don't know. I mean, I I've been here for what almost thirty. <laughs> <You're> still, <laughs> it's a it's so, a forty year town. I think it's a, it's a it's a it's a five decade town. Let's put it that way. Next thing we asked her is what she's working on now. Let's see what you have to say. So right now I just put out a new single called Those Days and it's basically an anthem song for the days where they just kind of suck a little something extra. You know, you wake up and maybe you're just already not feeling the day or things are happening throughout the day where you're frustrated. So I'm just released that single. I am working on a lyric video for that. I'm also working on a two-month road trip that I'm going to be going on in um, August and September. And a little through October, I will be going and um, playing shows throughout the country, meeting as many of my followers as I can meet, doing some promotion for those days for independent radio stations. And also, um, I will be working with an organization called the National Angels, who support foster children through donations and mentorship. So uh, lots of things that I'm working on right now and um, possibly some other future releases. Yeah, she's a, she definitely is one of the more well-rounded artists that kind of really takes the bull by the horns when it comes to like managing her career, making sure she gets stuff done and uh, gets out of Nashville regularly to try and at least go and expand her fan base. So That's always good, right? Right, Greg? Yeah, yeah I think so. I, mean, I, I wonder what it's like actually to be kind of a like a, an artist or a writer transplant from someplace else coming to Nashville because Nashville has changed so much. What we considered to be the three or four streets that 90% of the country music that was made in the world came off of these three streets. Those streets are all but shuttered, you know, as far as like kind of being the hub of musical activity is, is concerned. I mean, most of those businesses are now condos. What I what I found very amazing when I first came down in, in the eighties, right, mm-hmm. to Nashville, I was amazed because I because again coming from New York and I and the, if you know the there there's like you know. 
BlackRock, you know, and, and there's like, you know, the Sixth Avenue is where all the record companies are in mm-hmm. um, in New York. Or you go to LA, you know, the boulevards there, you know, La Cienga and shit. But, you know, you go down to Nashville. When I first went down there, it's changed now. But back then, it was like, you know, all those numbered streets, like 13th Avenue South. They're all yeah. like these just houses. It was 16th all, Avenue, yeah. Yeah, 16th, right. 17th, like, you know, and they're all like, it was just like this suburban neighborhood those bungalows yeah, yeah like and right. you see like and then you see one little house mca one little house curb records one little house you know bmi it's like you know now it's kind of grown a lot since but i've been yep. amazed at how like it seems so unassuming and so like and oh the, yeah yeah it's like well, there, was no, there was no i mean when i first started i was like the disparagingly call us tape monkeys but i basically was like a guy that would like literally make tapes for pitching from uh, a music publishing company called April Blackwood Music, which became CBS. Right. CBS right. Songs, and we were in one of those little bungalows on Seventeenth. Someone told me like you you look at L.A. and you look at New York, but they say, hey, listen, buddy, this may look unassuming, but more money comes in and out of these these four streets that you can shake a stick at. So don't, yeah, that's don't, true. Don't be un, don't underestimate what's happening here, you know, because it looks kind of you know. But with all the but with all the uh, quite frankly with all the consolidation, I mean, even the largest of the cash cows when it came to music companies in Nashville. Those Nashville operations are just a blip on the balance sheet of these much, much larger. I still world tell everyone companies. to check out the back cover of um, Dylan's record, Nashville Skyline, because look at the picture. It's taken from like, was that 24 right there? The parkway? 24 or 40. I think no, it's, 20, it's, tw- it's 24. Yeah. 24. You know, right right before you get to the, um, by the stadium there. Mm-hmm. You're on 24. And if you look at it, go there now and look at Nashville and then look at the cover of the Dylan album and compare them. And that was like, it's like, you can't even tell it's the same. You know, even from when I lived there, I, I, I left there in 2005. So we're talking 16 years ago. There's too many bars and it's, it's just, it's become like, it's like I was telling a friend of mine too. I did my, my Beatles sojourn years back. I went to Liverpool. You know, Matthew Street is where like the cavern used to be and all the Beatles stuff. And now it's like a T-shirt shop. And if you go to Bleecker Street by CBGBs and stuff, it's a T-shirt shop. And you go yeah. like to um, Beale Street, you know, in, in Memphis. Now it's like a T-shirt shop. <laughs> Everything's like a T-shirt refrigerator magnet shop, Bleecker Street. And that's what Nashville's yeah. become now. It's lost all its nuance and that's my feeling. I, I think consumerism ruins everything. Not only is uh-oh. New rule. <laughs> Not only do we have to end the internet, show off the internet, no more logos. I, you know what? We got to end logos. I'm sorry. I'm sick of things that you put your logo on. No more <laughs> things with logos on them. How about that? No more coffee cups. How many baseball caps do we need with logos? Everything's a no logo. No more t-shirts. Do you, ever, do you ever watch a ball game? Do you ever watch a football game? Even in the lawn. In the lawn, there's logos. It's like, it's like, it's like when are they going to be on our, why don't they just, Tattoo them to their faces now, you know, logos. Some implant, people do. And plant LED screens to football players' foreheads. So when they're <laughs> running down the thing, they can just change it as they're running. You know, you know it's, it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, we are, um, we're, we're doing this on, is it July 11th? Mm-hmm. Today was the day that uh, Sir Richard Branson actually oh, flew into yes. space. Right, did, did he and, get virgin, uh, virgin flag or something? Well, what's funny is that, I mean, you know, like this spacecraft, although it looked incredibly cool, 
Uh, and it's a really novel way in which they're getting up there. And then they're kind of blasting off from 50,000 feet up. I mean, everything is plastered with logos. And in the coverage that was done on social networks live, live streaming, they kept talking about they would break, you know, covering the flight to say, you know, and we'd also like to at this point acknowledge, you know, I don't know. Keebler crackers or whatever the case may be, but they were literally doing commercials inside covering this uh, historic space flight for quotes consumers. So anyway. we're now it just ruins the experience. It's it was kind of bizarre. Let's get back but- to you know. I'm sorry, I changed the subject. <laughs> Let's get back to some music. We we asked we asked yep. Sarah some more questions. I think the next thing we asked her is like. What kind of artists have uh, inspired her? Is that what you Maybe she can get us back on track. So so the actual question, Carl, is what other music artists have inspired your music career so far? So other artists that have inspired my music career, I grew up going to local artist shows. I was in a duet when I was younger, and we would go to these shows, and they would let us get up on stage. So they really helped foundationally just propel my music career. So I've always been inspired by the local artists I grew up listening to. Temptations and the Beatles are two of my most favorite of all time. For country music, I really like Miranda Lambert. I like Brandy Carlisle. I love Lori McKenna. I love anybody that is a great storyteller with great, meaningful lyrics. I love good harmonies, and I love songs that you can just kind of groove to. So she's like you, Carl. She loves the Beatles. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the Beatles. You know, they, they, if anyone who has Hulu, I'm, I'm making a commercial. There's this great thing coming out next week on the 16th on Hulu. It's Rick Rubin talking to Paul McCartney. And it's this cool three-part series. It's called McCartney 321. And I saw, I saw a, a trailer for it. And it looks really cool. It's just Rick Rubin, who I dig, because he asks the right questions. He's not like, because he knows the business. He knows the ins and outs of it. And also, he's a reverend. He's just asking McCartney real questions about Beatles stuff, you know, that you want to hear. And McCartney's kind of real cool about it, you know? Rick, Rick Rubin is like a shaman when it comes to pulling people's icon status out of them. I mean, he did it for Johnny Cash. Well, he's doing it with McCartney. McCartney, not right. recording wise, but just the way I could, because some of the clips they 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 get him. It's like McCartney, like is the most genuine I've ever seen him, the least guarded, because he's always that's so a, guarded. That's amazing. So I think it's going to be a great thing. It's on Hulu. You know, I think July sixteenth. It's the McCartney three two one. It's a three. We, we mentioned that in 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 a previous episode of this podcast, we came up with the concept of it's like you know McCartney needed to make an iconic record. And Rick Rubin was the person that needed to produce it. Maybe that will happen after this conversation has been recorded. You know, it's like, anyway, we have one more question that we asked Sarah. Yeah. And it's, uh, what does a a successful career in music look like to you? I wonder what she said about that. Let's listen. Yeah. So I love this question. What does a successful career in music look like to me? Um, Because I know it's different for everyone. I feel like currently I have a successful career in music. I, you know, make money to to pay my bills and not struggle. Um, you know, I'm working to become even more financially independent so that I can buy a house. But, you know, currently I get to travel. I get to be on stage. I get to sing in front of audiences. I get to connect with audiences. I get to meet new people. I have this wonderful community surrounding me of supporters that support not only me, but each other. You know, we've kind of created this community where we 
are there to support one another and just contribute more light to this world. So I feel like, you know, just living the life that you love and being able to make ends meet and, you know, be able to have those experiences that you want to have and be the most fulfilled version of you. I think that's a successful music career. I love her answer. You know, I do. I, I, <laughs> it took me a while to, cause I used to always think it, it meant to be like, you had to be the Beatles or you had to be like Bono or, you know, or else what's the point. But as I've gotten older and realized that even though my, my career didn't get to those heights, I play the guitar. I sing. That's how I make my money. What could be better than that? Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think what's really fun about her answer is she's not even trying to project like what that career will look like. She's just outright saying she's already successful. She's already doing what she loves right. and and making money from it. So regardless of how much it is, she's still fulfilled. So good for her. Yeah. I like her. I like her. Uh, all right, you ready to get out of this episode? No, I think we got to discuss something. Some- Did you get something good for your birthday? I got a kayak. Other than hoof and mouth disease? Hoof and yeah. mouth disease. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Hold a on. kayak is cool. It's a hand, foot, and mouth, but that's all right. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> hoof and mouth something completely different, I think. Yep, yep. <laughs> but no, I got a... <laughs> You got a kayak. That's fantastic. Yeah. My uh, my husband is a avid um, – he loves being in the water. So he's convinced oh. me that a kayak is needed for me so that I can join him on his adventures. That's fantastic. Fly, yeah. Is he a fly fisherman? No, he's not. But uh, – I'll teach him how to fly fish. having issues with the happy birthday thing. Yeah, we'll just use it as much as we can since it's unauthorized. Carl, when's your birthday? Carl's is in December. I don't have a birthday. Yes, you do. I yeah, I think it is in December. Yeah. What, what's your birth date? It's 12-12. 12-12. I hope that you'll be as liberal with a happy birthday on your birthday. We may have to take the controls away from him for that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Do you accidentally just keep hitting it? No, I'm I'm purposely just playing with you. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us of this episode of the 9420 Podcast. For all the things that we've spoke about through this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Make sure you listen through to Sarah Martin's latest single, Those Days. We'll talk to you all next time. a test but you're always walking the wire there are days there are days when the light is bright but the sun ain't shining your way there are days there are days when it hurts to lose it's up to you to push on Soul and hopeful heart feels tired and old. Cause every
in my left hand It rocked a diamond once But the shine wore off And it never got the wedding band There are days There are days When the light is bright But the sun ain't shining your